What's up? This is Andrew. Welcome to episode 61 of Inbound Agency Journey. We are fired up to have you here right now. Thanks for taking a few moments out of your day to plug in this podcast and snag some of this content here. And let me tell you what, this week does not disappoint. We are very excited to bring Elise Meyer from Prism Global Marketing Solutions onto the podcast today. And in this conversation, Gray digs into a lot of their agency background, how they got up and got going and got up to the point where they're a HubSpot Platinum partner in just three years, and really unearths the power of process that they use, that they leverage to get their clients up and running. And a fun fact, they've got like a 123-point onboarding checklist that they run through with their new clients. So you're going to learn a lot from this episode, a lot more nuggets in there on integrations, how they leverage those to deliver value to their HubSpot clients. Without further ado, folks, here we go. Welcome to Inbound Agency Journey. This is the show where inbound agency leaders share the strategies, shortcomings, and successes they've experienced in their journey toward building their dream agency. Now, here are your hosts, Andrew and Gray. All right, welcome back to Inbound Agency Journey. I'm your host, Gray McKenzie. I'm very excited today to be bringing on someone who I've wanted to bring on the podcast for a while, but we've got Elise Meyer from Prism Global Marketing Solutions on the podcast. Elise, thanks for joining us. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. And Elise, you're located out in Arizona, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're based in Phoenix. In Phoenix. Okay. Nice. Well, why don't you bring us, uh, kind of give us the background on where you came from and the story of starting Prism and how you guys have grown to where you are today. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so, so yeah, my name is Elise Meyer. I'm the founder of Prism Global Marketing Solutions. We're a HubSpot Gold partner and an inbound agency um, in Phoenix. And um, we're just over three years old as an agency. But before that, I was practicing inbound and using HubSpot um, for about four years prior on the in-house side. And then I decided to start Prism because I felt that there needed to be a shift on the agency side, at least with the agencies that, that we were working with um, when I was in-house in corporate. And I really felt that there had to be a better way for us to bring inbound marketing um, and HubSpot into companies who are more startups to mid-sized businesses to really help them grow. Um, because I felt that the digital and traditional side of marketing was starting to phase out, as I'm sure most of us have seen on the agency side, and that there was just really going to be a huge push for inbound um, in, in the next few years and moving forward. So that, that's why I decided to start Prism. Nice. So, Elise, were you using HubSpot uh, in-house in corporate? I was, yeah. Um, I used to be in charge of marketing and enrollment at Thunderbird School of Global Management. Um, it's a graduate school based in, in Phoenix as well. But we started using HubSpot um, really about a week after I started there. I truthfully wasn't really sure what HubSpot was, but I knew that we needed something um, because we didn't have enough leads coming in. And that was my job was to, to make that shift. Um, and I knew that HubSpot was the platform to help us. So once we got HubSpot on board, we were seeing our leads increase exponentially from 40 leads a month all the way up to we were getting about 1,200 leads a month in the first year after practicing inbound with HubSpot. Wow. Well, that's obviously great results. That's cool. I didn't know. So I didn't know that you were working with HubSpot ahead of starting Prism, but that's a cool story of already having experience there and then working to bring those services and make them available to other folks. What has, I'm curious to know, 
uh, I guess I've got a whole bunch of questions here, but what was it like then going out on your own starting prison? Was it just you or did you and Rich start working together right away? Um, bring us up to speed on like how the team shifted and evolved. Yeah. So um, it was just me in the beginning for about a year and three months. Um, but as most agencies have seen, the need for inbound has been growing so much and so quickly that I knew that we needed to grow and scale if we were going to continue to meet up with the demand for our current clients as well as take on new clients. And um, Rich, who's, who's my husband, he came on board just over um, a year and a half ago. And he also came from the corporate side, but more on analytics um, and retail so he brought a completely different perspective to marketing because um, I was normally on the B2B side. And so just being able to work together has been great to have so many different perspectives um, of marketing from two completely different sides of the industry. But it's also allowed us to, to grow and scale faster than, than when it was just me. Awesome. And Elise, are you guys um, specializing in a niche or a vertical right now? Or are you guys spread out? How do you... Uh, like who is the target market for Prism? Yeah, so typically our target is um, four verticals um, mostly. It's healthcare, technology, higher education, and professional services. And I would say that our strong suit generally is B2B, but all of our clients do have a component of B2C. So we are doing aspects um, of both, but 70% uh, of our focus is B2B. Got it. Cool. Well, that's awesome. And to go from um, just you starting this out three years ago to a HubSpot Gold partner today is impressive growth. And you guys um, have taken away a couple of HubSpot's uh, relatively new impact awards. Last year at Inbound, you won the um, HubSpot Services Innovation of the Year Award. And also um, just here in, in the first quarter of 2016, which is when we're recording this, um, you guys won an Integrations Innovation Award for your work um, with another integration. So tell me a little bit about, um, and you can start with either one or uh, just focus on one, give us the details of both. But I'd love to know, um, it looks like you guys have uh, a, a good amount of experience integrating other systems and tools into HubSpot as well. So what are the stories behind those uh, successes? Yeah, so um, the Impact Awards have been very exciting, and we're, we're very thankful for that opportunity from HubSpot. Um, we really found that the integrations were going to be the next step for us being able to add on um, additional retainers, but more importantly, additional growth for our clients who have been on HubSpot for two-plus years. Um, I find that when we're working with clients who have been on HubSpot for a while and not that we've maxed out the capabilities of HubSpot because there is so much that you can do with it, but they continue to see more and more tools out there that they want to bring into HubSpot or bring into their organization. And now with the integrations um, that HubSpot has, it allows us to more seamlessly integrate the analytics into HubSpot, um, but also we can bring in different facets of our clients' organizations into HubSpot to truly make it the hub for their business, for lack of a better term. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, for, for the two awards that we won, the first one was for Uberflip um, with one of our um, healthcare clients. And Uberflip is it's a content aggregator, essentially, and it allows you to put all of your content onto one platform, as well as bringing in outside content um, on your website. So there's a lot of different agencies and companies who are using Uberflip now, but 
what we found for one of our clients is that they had about 16 different um, niche markets that they, that they were working with. And we had specific content on the site for those different markets, but they had so much premium content, um, so many blogs, so many articles about these 16 different areas that we really had to find a way to make it easy for the, the web visitor to be able to find the information that they were looking for quickly. And that's where UberFit came into play. And so we were able to integrate that into HubSpot, not only for the lead generation side, um, but also getting it integrated directly on their website helps to keep all of the traffic on their main domain, helping for SEO. Um, but it also establishes them as even more of a thought leader um, in the industry because they have so many different channels of news articles that are feeding directly to their site. That is awesome. Elise, was that hard to get set up? What was your experience like setting up the Uberflip integration and getting that all in place? Um, no, it's not too difficult to um, to set it up in terms of, of the time aspect of it. I think for that particular integration, it takes a little bit more education to get the clients aware of how they'll be able to use Uberflip, not just for using it on their website, but we have some clients who are using it also for their sales team to be able to find all of their collateral and sales information all in one place too. So it can also be used as an internal feature. Um, so I think that it actually takes more time up front just to, to build going to use it and how they're going to see the ROI from it. Um, for some of the other tools, it's more of a plug and play integration, um, like HelloSign, um, Snap Engage, some, some of those. It's more, you know, you just install the code on the site and then it's, it's integrated and then you can build the strategy out from there. Right, right. That makes sense. And so for this recent award, you guys integrated, used the HubSpot integration with GoTime, and it looks yeah. like did some Facebook retargeting. What what did that project look like? Yeah, so for, for this particular client for the GoTime Impact Award, they see really great results on Facebook. Um, and I was surprised to see that when we first started working with them because it's B2B and it's an agriculture company. So I, I didn't think that Facebook was going to be the, the primary audience for them. Um, but that's where they see most of their social engagement. But what we found was they were getting a lot of traffic to their site from Facebook, but we were not seeing a lot of leads coming through. So we had to we had to make that gap smaller between the visit and lead conversion. And so GoChime, um, being such a great integration partner with HubSpot, we were able to not only just target people who are within their their HubSpot database, but get it down to the level of targeting certain personas who have, say, not downloaded an ebook or not registered for a webinar that they have coming up. And we can just target those people based on smart lists in HubSpot, um, which for, for us, that just helps just to streamline it because you get all of the analytics in HubSpot. Um, but doing that outside of Facebook, it, it's always constantly updating with the smart list that you have always running in HubSpot versus in Facebook, like you like you probably know, you have to import a list from Excel, which is just, it's not um, it's not really streamlined for, for growing with, with your clients. Right. Wow. That is really cool. I, I guess one of the questions I've had, this is something I've heard a little bit in talking with other agency owners, is HubSpot's obviously making a very uh, concerted, strategic push into the add-on space as one of their uh, revenue expansion um, channels. I think we've seen, obviously, they've added on the whole sales side, um, but then a whole other side of things, they've, they've done a ton of internationalization, but then also all of these add-ons. And I've had some 
agency owners who are a little bit, uh, maybe not concerned, but just wondering, it seems like there's an overwhelming number of different tools that you could integrate, and that number is not going to decrease. It's only just going to continue to accelerate and increase. Um, how do you pick and choose what integrations either to learn, or how do you augment Who's on your team who's responsible for doing this kind of, how do you deal with all the different integrations and figure out what to suggest when? Yeah, so so that's a good question because um, we did see that same challenge as you continue to see, uh, you know, almost every other week there's a new integration that's come out. Um, so really what, what we've done as part of the onboarding process is we have a list of all of the integrations that HubSpot offers, um, basically. And there are certain clients who they're going to be great for some of the integrations right off the bat. Um, so something like HelloSign, which is an e-signature tool, um, that's going to be great for clients right when they first start using HubSpot if they don't have anything that they're using right now. It'll just help to streamline it. But there are some some other tools like an Uberflip or even GoChime where you might have to wait two or three months um, to to introduce that to them. Because what we found, um, like probably a lot of other agency owners, is that it really depends on the client's familiarity with inbound when you're first starting with them. Cause we have some clients who they've never ventured into digital or inbound. And this is really their, their first, um, their first stab at it. And so to introduce all of these integrations would be highly overwhelming for them. Um, so it's something that we keep on the back burner for typically our first quarter review with those clients um, versus the other ones who they may have been on HubSpot and they've been on HubSpot for you know, a year or two, there are some integrations that if they're pretty simple to, to plug and play into HubSpot um, and start to see the value from it, and it's not a huge cost up front for them because some of them have higher costs than others, then that's when we'll, we'll typically try to, um, to introduce it to them. Right. So we'll, we'll, we will never introduce all of the integrations because not all of them are going to work for every client. It really just depends on after the onboarding process, what, what would be the best use case for each of the integrations and some of them just don't fit. Exactly. Well, it makes good sense. Elise, before we, before we kind of move off of the topic of some of the client work and integration stuff, is there any other, are there any other client successes or, uh, or client wins that you want to share? Um, yeah, we have actually a, a recent story of a fairly new client. Uh, we've been working with them for about eight months now. And um, it, this one was kind of interesting because their marketing has been doing phenomenally well even before they started working with an agency. But when we first started working with them, after the first four months, we saw their leads growing exponentially, which is it's always great to see. They're receiving about two times more leads than their, their monthly goal which is, is great from a marketing standpoint, but what we found that we really needed to find a solution for their sales team because we found that, that those leads are now not being followed up as quickly as, as we'd like them to on the marketing side. And so we then had to dive into what can we do on the internal marketing and sales operations side to help streamline that process internally for them so that the right leads are being followed up with at the right time. Um, which sounds pretty pretty simple, but <laughs> but from what we've all probably seen, the marketing and sales alignment piece usually falls by the wayside until clients start to see the marketing piece working. They don't usually want to bring the sales team into it until they have that proven track record. And so what we did is we we started to streamline their internal operations using HubSpot workflows 
to not only just send the information about the lead to the sales rep and their manager, but also to trigger some contact updates through workflows. But what this has allowed us to do is now trigger smart content on their website. So anytime they have an MQL, um, marketing qualified lead, or a customer that comes to their website, we can automatically insert their account manager's name um, on the sidebar or wherever it fits best on the site so that they're so that the prospect can then contact their account manager directly or the customer can contact the account manager directly. Um, this industry that, that we're working in, it's, it's healthcare, but it's, um, it's a smaller niche of healthcare. They're very highly relationship driven. So call tracking metrics and things like that are very important to them, which um, I know is not, not as inbound as, as you know, getting someone to convert on a form, but this is really helpful for their customers to see this information. So what we've seen is their call traffic has increased three times just directly to the reps, um, and they've seen 1.8 times the growth in revenue over the last four months since this has been implemented. Um, so that that's just been a, a good recent success because I think on the marketing side, agencies are always really focused on that, but I think focusing on the sales side too is equally, if not more important, to make sure that those two teams are aligned. Exactly. Wow, what a great story. I'm sure that they are thrilled with the success. I love the examples of personalization and just all the different ways that you guys are tying that together to, to demonstrate the ROI for the client. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's been great. And, and we have a lot of clients who are now starting to make this shift. And, um, and I'm sure a lot of other agency owners and, and just marketers in general can agree that it, it takes a while to get people to see the need for that alignment, even with all of the data and the facts out there. Once they start to see it both working together, that's when you really start to see the revenue numbers grow. Because it's, it's always great to see the, the marketing numbers grow and the lead numbers grow, but ultimately the goal is revenue and, and keeping that growth too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love the client success, Elise. And I want to shift gears here a little bit and dig into what's happening behind the scenes that's powering this. Um, sure. We'd love to know um, agencies everyone wants to know like what are the processes that are working for you behind the scenes how do i what are the steps i need to take to try and replicate this kind of success can you walk us through one of your processes yeah yeah so um i would say that probably our our best process would be our hubspot onboarding process but i won't i won't bore you with the details of that cuz that's a 126 step checklist that we have nice. <laughs> But um, if we try to narrow it down to some of the other processes that are working really well, I think that our editorial calendar and mapping out that whole process um, as part of the onboarding has been something that has been really instrumental for us in terms of not only getting to know our clients better um, and also getting inbound in front of key stakeholders, um, but also it helps from an SEO perspective as well as um, generating the editorial calendar. Did you want me to go through the steps that, that are involved in that? Well, I think that's a great overview. I'd love to know what those steps look like in the editorial calendar, because that's something that we haven't really gotten into on the podcast before. Oh, sure, sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I mentioned, it's it's part of the onboarding process that we go through. And generally for onboarding for a new client, whether they're on HubSpot or not, it's between four and eight weeks, um, depending on, on that, if they're already using HubSpot or if they're new. Um, and creating the editorial calendar, it helps us determine the blog content and the premium content, but also has started to give us really great ideas on web content ideas, as well as overall sitemap and website changes that we need to make as part of onboarding. Um, but the first step that we do as part of this is we analyze their existing keyword traffic on the site. 
So before doing any SEO audits or anything like that, we want to look at what's been working pre-HubSpot or pre-working with our agency. And then from there, we'll analyze all of the new keywords from a complete SEO audit that we do. Um, that's including everything that's on their site as well as their blog and their landing pages. But looking at their competitor rankings, all of their ranking opportunities, and, and all of the great data that comes from HubSpot. Um, and then from there, we've kind of formulated our ideas of what their target keywords are going to be and some of the, the blog content that we think that they should be seeing. But before we present that to them, we always interview members of their marketing team, their sales team, and leadership. But this really helps us to get a good idea of what keywords do they think that they should be ranking for. And I found that this is always really important because on the inbound side, long tail keywords are always going to be um, the best in terms of lead generating um, traffic that's going to come to the site, not necessarily the, the shorter keywords. And what you find when you're meeting with even people on the marketing time, marketing team sometimes is that they're just looking for these short keywords that they want to rank for, and that's not going to help in the overall editorial process. So what that helps us to do as the agency is start to educate them more on, on inbound and content and the concept of blogging, because generally it's, it's new to most of our clients, um, or they're doing it you know, once every couple of months. But for sales in particular, it helps us to get a sense of the common questions that the sales team is getting on a regular basis. Because what, what we found, um, as I think a lot of other inbound agencies have seen, is that if we can just start to get some of those questions answered that the sales team is getting on a regular basis through blogs, it helps them to streamline their practices and close sales a lot faster. Even what I saw on the, um, on the in-house side before I started Prism, when I was at Thunderbird, we, before we started using HubSpot, we had about a six month um, close time from when someone became a lead to when they ultimately enrolled in a program. When we started using content and blogs, we decreased that to, to two months. So it was a dramatic change and that was just in six months. Um, so generally I, I just need to, to tell that story to clients for them to start to see the importance of blogging and content. Um, but from there, we'll then identify the top five to 10 keywords um, over the next three to four months of what we want to rank for. And then we'll put together their list of generally about 16 to 30 blog topics, depending on their content schedule, how often we're going to be blogging. And then we take it from there. But this whole process generally takes us about two to we can get in front of the client. Um, but it really allows us to, to get in front of many different parts of the organization and just get the message of inbound out there so that we have buy-in at all different levels. Right. At least the, I think that the connection was breaking up just a little bit there. So I just want to make sure that, that I heard this correctly. The okay. process to get the editorial calendar put in place, the initial editorial calendar, did you say that was two to three weeks? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Awesome. Wow. Well, I love how you go through that and also use the opportunity I think that everyone runs into this where even even after someone understands enough to sign up um, and actually work with you as an agency, a lot of times, I mean, there's a lot of different reasons in every organization, the buying, buying dynamic is a little bit different, but there's still so much education that has to happen. So taking advantage of that onboarding process to build out the editorial calendar and explain to people, here's how we, here's what a long tail keyword even is. Here's the difference between pain based keywords and solution based keywords and start to educate them through that process. I think is really important. And the other thing that I, that I pulled out from that, and this is something that we've had folks on the podcast talk about before, but that past experience that you have in real life expertise, I think is a really powerful thing. You hit on that just 
being able to tell a real life story, not from the perspective of the agency, but uh, really in their shoes of here's how we used content and what it did for, for us. And that's a powerful piece as well in there. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely agree. I mean, the, the experience that I had before Prism has helped us not only in, in, in landing new opportunities, but also with our, with our current clients, because being in-house, you really do see the challenges that a marketing team faces internally, that as an agency, when, when you're outside of that, you don't get to see all of those challenges. But being able to, to really see what the marketing team might be going through on the other side just helps us not only be a marketing agency, but we really try to be more overall business consultants um, for our clients when they need that level of support. Yeah, I think that's great. Well, Elise, tell us about, this is, this is the fun part. Tell us about an area at Prism where you guys are struggling right now, something that's a focus to improve on here in 2016. Um, yeah, yeah. So I would say um, probably to define a more strategic hiring process would be something that um, that that is something that that I'm looking at, but something that I think is going to overall be something that is going to be of a focus forever. <laughs> um, I think with with the shift of inbound and having more employees, just overall, not even just in the inbound marketing space, but in in a variety of industries and and in marketing in particular, being remote. Um, it it allows you to really expand your pool of with things like like inbound.org, being able to find such great HubSpot qualified candidates. Um, it's almost overwhelming when you post a, a job on there with how many candidates you get coming in. <laughs> so um, I, I think that that's really the, the biggest thing on my priority list, especially in Q1, is to find not only the right candidates for, say, inbound specialist roles or web developer roles, um, but making sure that, that that piece doesn't fall by the wayside. Because I think as, as an agency owner, you're always focusing on the client and sometimes your own internal agency priorities fall by the wayside. Even things like blogging, something as simple as that, you find that it might go a week or two and, and you don't have your own blog out, <laughs> but you have 10 other blogs out. Um, so I, I think that, that the hiring process is the most important piece of it to help us stay nimble with, with our clients as they continue to grow, but also allow us to quickly change and adapt as we have new clients who, um, who are coming into the pipeline. Awesome. That's something that we're hearing a lot is, and that's, this is just going to continue to be, uh, more and more of a, of a challenge and also an opportunity is figuring out how do we hire because you, so many of the agencies it's a young industry so there's so many young agencies who started out as a uh, you know a small team of either one person starting out with a team of contractors or a couple of founders um, and then you, you start to realize hey I need to bring other people into this and now I need to have some kind of process as the requirements that I have go beyond just my immediate network and uh, so I think it's, it's definitely something that we're seeing continue to grow if you're listening right now and you want to learn more about how some of the other agencies out there are scaling. If you go back and listen through season four, which is episodes number 36 through 47, uh, you can hear a lot of the different processes from how people do recruiting to hiring to onboarding. Um, there's a lot of good episodes in there, and that was really beneficial, at least for uh, myself and Andrew, who did those interviews, to get to listen in and ask the questions about how folks are growing teams right now. I think this is an area that a lot of folks are figuring out at the same time right along with you. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, even in addition to the hiring process, you know, it's, it's great when you find a good fit, but 
I think that the onboarding process is even more important um, and something that I probably didn't put enough focus on in the first year and a half, two years. But, you know, we have a, a great onboarding process for our clients, but that's something I need to focus on is having that same level of onboarding for new employees who come on too, because it's, it's even more important to get them up to speed um, faster. Absolutely. Yeah, that was something I really, uh, I really enjoyed the conversation that I had. Um, I think it was episode number 37. I'll put the link in the show notes here as well. But to uh, conversation with Bob Ruffalo and Natalie Davis up at Impact, and they walked through a really in-depth onboarding process that they have going on. And it's, they've, you know, they've dedicated a lot of resources to making that work. And I think that's something we're going to continue to see grow in the industry. So, at least I want to know, Another question that comes up all the time is every agency wants to know what tools are different people using. And so you've mentioned uh, some of the integrations with HubSpot that you're using. But I'm wondering, are there any lesser known tools that you guys use to run Prism that you love? Yeah, so um, we have quite a few tools that um, that we love to use internally and also for our clients. Um, there's... There's two that come to mind that I think are a, a little bit lesser known. One is a HubSpot integration and one is not. Um, the one that, that is is called HelloSign, uh, which I think I mentioned a bit earlier. Um, but it's an e-signature tool that integrates with HubSpot directly. And for some of our small to mid-sized clients, it's a really great tool because it's very quick quick for them to implement. Um, and it's it's not overly expensive like some of the other tools that are out there. But it really allows the client to close the loop on their customer lifecycle automatically. So as soon as someone signs a contract with them, it automatically goes into HubSpot as a customer. Um, but for us, it's even more important because like a lot of um, inbound agencies see is that the CRMs for companies are generally not updated um, as quickly as we'd like them to be. So we don't have closed loop data from a visitor to a customer. And this allows us to be able to, to close that gap much more quickly. Um, and be able to really see what campaigns are working and which ones are not working um, at a much higher rate. We actually had, um, we have a client who just started with HelloSign about four months ago, and they have a B2C segment for the business that they're using this for. But they were, um, if you can believe this, they were actually sending their their sales reps out to get their signatures in person. Oh and the, yeah, this was um, a huge time waster for them. So I mean, they were spending hours on the road. Phoenix is it's very large area, so it can take an hour and a half to get across the whole city if you if you do have to go across town. And so they were losing a lot of productivity for the sales team, but also the mileage reimbursement. They were spending about seven thousand dollars a month on mileage reimbursement just for this. Um, so it has helped them tremendously. We don't have the the overall numbers yet because um, we're going to do that in about a month. But it's been a tremendous time saver for them. <laughs> Um, but then the, the other tool that we use that it's not integrated with HubSpot, um, but it's a heat map tool called Crazy Egg. Are you familiar with that one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it, um, it can be added directly to the COS. Most of our clients are on the HubSpot COS, but it allows us to track where visitors are scrolling and clicking on, um, on our clients' websites. And it really helps to remove the guesswork on where we should be putting their really valuable and premium content and CTAs so that we're not putting it on a part of the page that nobody is even getting to when they're scrolling. Um, but also, you know, if you run into um, a situation where a client feels really strongly about putting something in a certain location on a website, um, but you really feel, you know, based on looking at, at certain analytics that this might not be the best fit, 
This really helps to eliminate the back and forth and any guesswork there. It allows you to you know, quickly see what's working and what's not, um, and it allows the client to see it too, so that they really start to, to trust your recommendations, especially in the beginning of the relationship. Right. I love those tools. Uh, we use HelloSign, and I think that one of the points that you brought up, that the obvious benefit um, is that you've got a digital signature tool yep. that's easy to use, but the benefit that you brought up that I haven't heard from a lot of agencies to this point is closing the loop and using the HubSpot integration to actually see, because that's a struggle that we've experienced. I've heard from so many other agency owners who say either my client, it's not that they won't, it's not that they're unwilling to share their sales data with me. It's just that it, it takes effort to go in and manually mark someone as a closed customer in HubSpot. Um, right. so, so I think that's a huge benefit of HelloSign. And then right now we're not using Crazy Egg, but we use Hotjar for a lot of that. Um, oh. Mm-hmm. the visualization. So there's a number of good tools for that one as well. But those are awesome, Elise. Thanks for sharing. All right. So as we're, as we're getting ready to wrap up here, this is more of a personal question, but just kind of trying to figure out what makes you tick, how you are so productive and um, kind of what goes into starting your average morning. So walk us through what that first hour or two hours of a, of a day in the life of Elise Meyer looks like. <laughs> it's not that exciting, but <laughs> Um, I think that the most critical part for me um, for mornings is actually the night before. Um, So planning the day the night before the next day is really critical for me um, because I find that that just helps me understand how I'm going to plan out the day. But also I find if I don't do that, I'm spending critical productivity time in the morning as well as creative time in the morning planning my day instead of actually executing on it. Um, so work related, I really find that working on larger strategic projects in the morning is most beneficial for me. Um, I've, I've tried both, you know, the early morning and then late in the evening, but I, I really am just more creative and more productive in the morning. And also you're not getting, um, nearly as many emails or calls coming in as you do, um, starting in midday. (laughs) Um, but also about three hours into my day, three or four hours into my day, I usually try to go to the gym in the morning too just to break up the day a little bit because I, I generally start pretty early around 5.30 or 6. And so that just allows me to, to kind of break up the first three or four hours of the day and, and get some creativity going that, that isn't work-related. I love oh. it. Elise, do you start – Oh, sorry to cut you off. Did you say coffee? <laughs> yeah. Classic. I don't, I don't know if you can be a marketer and not, not do coffee. I know, right? Um, <laughs> Do you do, do you start the morning around 5.30 or 6 because you're a morning person or is it because you're on the West Coast? What's the, or just because that's the only time to work and not have people bugging you? So all three, actually. Um, Before starting Prism, I was not a morning person and I would venture to say I'm still not, but I've had to force myself to be. (laughs) Um, But, but being on the West Coast, it really does help, especially for calls with clients on the East Coast as well as with, um, with HubSpot. I like to get as many um, calls done early in the morning that aren't client related, like directly client focused. Um, So I can really focus focus more on the client and initiatives during the day. Um, But yeah, all three of those reasons. (laughs) Got it. Well, awesome. Well, thanks for walking us through and just being willing to share so much about what makes you tick and what makes Prism go right now. Um, Loved having you on the podcast. The show notes for this episode are going to be um, with all the show notes at doinbound.com slash podcast. And Elise, if listeners want to follow up with you, what's the best way for them to connect with you online? 
Sure. Yeah, you can connect um, on Twitter. It's at Elise Flynn Meyer. Um, if you just want to include that in the show notes and then also um, my email address, it's Elise.Meyer at prismglobalmarketing.com. Awesome. Well, Elise, thanks for taking the time. It was great to have you on. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Inbound Agency Journey. You can find the show's notes for today's episode at doinbound.com slash podcast. Again, that's doinbound, all one word, dot com forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to iTunes to subscribe or leave us a review of the show. Until next time, remember, life is a journey. Keep moving forward.